Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of All the Hard Things. I am jumping right into it today. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the past couple of episodes, my voice has not been stellar and I'm just now kind of starting to get it back. But anytime that I talk for a long time, <clears throat> like even now with this podcast, I have had a couple of sessions today, I just start to get on the struggle bus a little bit. So how about some shorty episodes here until we can recuperate this voice here? It's really crazy like when you literally depend on your voice for everything that you do and you can't use it. Makes me wonder what does like Taylor Swift do? Certainly there's got to be something that I can do. So if you know anything that I can do to not be constantly wearing out my voice other than to completely change my job and my business and my podcast, please let me know because your girl is is hurting over here. In the meanwhile, we're going to try to get through this episode. We're going to talk all about sneaky rituals that happen in obsessive compulsive disorder. So the importance of talking about this cannot be overstated. So we know when it comes to OCD, when it comes to anxiety too, although in anxiety, we generally call them more things like safety behaviors, but it's the same thing. Call it a compulsion, call it a ritual, call it a safety behavior. The purpose of these things is that they temporarily make us feel better, but in the long run, they make us feel worse. And they reinforce that cycle of anxiety by giving credibility to the obsession or worry or intrusive thought. So it is so critical that we are resisting our rituals and our safety behaviors in order to get better, in order to make OCD weaker and not contribute to the ongoing cycle of OCD, we have to intervene at the level of the rituals. There's really no other way around it. We have to resist our rituals. There's no way, I don't care whether you're doing ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, or whether you're doing ICBT, which is inference-based CBT, there's no way that even in that stuff, right? Like even if you're doing ACT, even if you're doing something that's not a strict ERP, if you're still doing your rituals, you're going to be in, in trouble, right? So we have to get to a place where we are resisting our compulsions 
But that can be really difficult to do when you're still giving into rituals knowingly or not, right? Like there are still obviously things that we might do very knowingly, like I know that I'm doing that ritual. Um, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm doing it anyway. But what about those things that, you know, you're trying your darndest and you're trying everything that you possibly can to not ritualize and stay adherent to your treatment plan and your recovery goals, but maybe you're doing some things that you're not sure of, right? Like maybe you just haven't been aware of so far that that was ritualistic. Maybe, you know, you just didn't think about rituals that way. Maybe you've been kind of sucked into the subtype problem, right? Where you think that OCD is only like the conventional things that people talk about and you're focused on more of the content versus the process of everything. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted, I'm wanting to talk about today, which is kind of those small, subtle rituals that you're not even aware of that, you know, you might not totally be conscious of and how they can be holding you back and how you can kind of push through. So first things first, this is just going to be a little nugget. This is just going to be a little taste of something that I'm going over much more in depth with my friend, Christina Orlova. You may know her as the OCD Whisperer. She has an incredible podcast. She's an expert in the field of OCD and anxiety, and I love her. She's incredible. We are actually partnering together to do a workshop um, about this exact concept, right? So we are going to go really deep. We're going to, you know, for an hour, we're going to chat with you guys, answer some questions, um, everything like that. And we are going to go super, super in depth. This is just a little taste of what you could expect at that workshop. So um, if you're not here yet, um, this workshop is taking place live on April 28th, 2023, but no worries. It'll be available for purchase even after the 28th. It'll be available on both of our websites. So I'll be sure to link everything about Christina in the show notes. I'll also be sure to list my website where you can find this workshop um, so that if you want to go and have a deeper look at it and have Christina's perspective too, that'll be all right there for you. So definitely check out the show notes. So this podcast is really for people who are feeling kind of mostly better, um, but still not thriving the way that they want. And that's what will happen if you're not resisting rituals to the best of your ability. And so I really want people to get the ultimate freedom, right? Like I want people to feel as awesome as they can. Of course, there's not such a thing as perfection. Even people who don't have OCD, they still have intrusive thoughts. They still give in to avoidance here and there. So it's never going to be perfect, and that can't be the goal. But we do – I want you all to have and experience the ultimate freedom. I want you to feel as amazing as you possibly can. And so it really comes down to truly hammering out those sneaky, subtle rituals that you may be doing because otherwise they could be holding you back, and they could be inadvertently just – be enough of the power engine that OCD needs to stay present in your life. Um, so again, first things first, what is a ritual? I want you to all remember that anything can be a ritual. So I always laugh. People always laugh at me after they've worked with me for a while. I tell them even eating bacon can be a ritual. I don't care what it is. Again, I want you all to try to get away from content and go into the process. So thinking of process, right? It's Anything that is repetitive, you're doing it out of urgency, you're doing it out of desperation, that is what a ritual is. It's also this flavor of feeling like you need to do something versus you prefer to do it or you just like to do it. 
it's also usually done out of this fearfulness that like if you don't do it, something bad will happen. Even if that something bad will happen equates to you just being uncomfortable and you're not sure that you could tolerate it, right? Um, so it's really important that you're being honest with yourself and that you're truly taking an honest, um, kind of account of what is ritualistic and what is not. Um, and that might contribute to you not being as aware of these rituals as you could be. And awareness is truly half the battle. It's really more than half the battle to me, right? Like in order to change something, you really have to be aware of it and you have to be aware of when you're doing it, how often you're doing it, what are the triggers associated with that and all of that good stuff. So again, back to the importance of resisting rituals and identifying as many as possible, because again, a big part of this is identifying it. You have to, in order to change it, you have to identify it. So uh, that's really the big step here. But first things first, we can't put out half a fire. And this is really what I want you all to keep in your mind when it comes to, oh, you know, I'm going to resist this ritual and this ritual and this ritual, but I'm going to keep that one. Like that, that's something that I'm not ready to get rid of. You cannot put out half a fire. So what do you do when you put out half a fire? You resist this ritual, but you keep the other, right? That fire is eventually going to, you know, rekindle and it's eventually going to take over. And so it's really about, again, we don't want to necessarily be perfect. We don't need to have that as a goal, but we want to be mindful because otherwise rituals and OCD can kind of do this whack-a-mole thing, as I'm sure so many of you have experienced that as you try to, you know, really overcome and get over this OCD content area over here, it might come out in another way. And that to me is just OCD compensating, right? So it's kind of like, um, I used to work with so many people, for example, like at, at the residential facility where I used to work at, for instance, maybe they would stop asking staff members for reassurance but they would just then go to Google and right, like they would be spending more time on the computer or trying to look at things on their phone. And it might have looked like they weren't seeking reassurance as much because they weren't doing it as overtly like with other people, but they were still doing it, right? Like that just kind of hopped into another area. And that is why it's so important, right? Like it's not necessarily better or worse, you know, to ask for reassurance from a person or to do it via Google. But it is important to keep in mind that by doing this, right, like you're not necessarily making a good stride towards your recovery, you're still doing a ritual. And by still doing the ritual of, for example, going onto Google, you're still keeping OCD strong. So it's really important to make sure that you are resisting rituals, that other things aren't kind of compensating for each other as you try to resist this one ritual over here. You have to make sure that you put out the whole fire. And we really just want to make sure that we're not giving OCD one more way to thrive, right? So again, that person in the example that I gave wasn't giving, getting what they wanted. Maybe, uh, you know, they didn't want to burden a staff member or maybe a staff member. They weren't getting it from a staff member because we were trying really hard not to give them reassurance. And so up, oh, instead of doing what was good for their recovery, which was trying to stop that ritual and try to resist, they just, their OCD kind of found another way to make that happen, which is maybe either giving reassurance to themselves or getting it from Google or someone else. So just be mindful of that. Now going into some sneaky ritual examples. So again, we're going to go so much more in depth in the workshop with Christina, but I want to give you guys just some things to chew on and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that could have been a ritual. I didn't realize that I could have still been doing that. 
So this is by no means an exhaustive list. Again, anything could be a ritual, but I do want to give you guys some classic examples of things that I have seen and ways that it can come up for you. So first things first, mental rituals, right? Mental rituals are definitely a lot trickier for most people than physical rituals. And that's because, you know, you can observe yourself doing a physical ritual. Somebody else can observe you doing a physical ritual, but mental rituals are going to be so much trickier because you can be showering, you can be eating, you can be functioning in the world as though everything is okay, but you're still really, really struggling on the inside, right? You're still really, really struggling with non-observable rituals on the inside. And sometimes it can feel like you're already six feet deep into that OCD rabbit hole and you can't get yourself out and you didn't even realize that you were doing it, but it's just too hard at that point to get yourself out. So again, that's where the awareness piece is really, really strong. The more aware that you are of it, the sooner you can nip it in the bud and all of that good stuff. Mental rituals is a very vague term. So let's break that down into what kind of rituals could be going on there mentally. A big one, and I'm sure so many of you are very familiar with this concept, but ruminating, right? So a lot of people have different definitions of what they would incorporate into rumination. I kind of identify ruminating as analyzing, trying to answer OCD's questions, trying to figure something out that is not necessarily figure outable. Um, so really, you know, I think of it mostly as answering OCD's questions, trying to ruminate, trying to figure something out. It's kind of this like problem solving gone wrong. So along those lines, there are a lot of ways that one could ruminate, right? So they could maybe be also engaging in a, in a process called mental review. So maybe going back in conversation, trying to remember things, maybe what you said, maybe what someone else said. Um, also, the flip side of that would be kind of planning or preparing, right? So trying to compulsively plan future events to make sure that you know exactly what to say. I worked with someone who was so fearful that I would think that he was crazy, quote unquote, his terms, um, and that I would think that he didn't have OCD and that he was actually, you know, he actually had schizophrenia, that before every interaction that we had together, he would plan and he would prepare. You know, if Jenna asks me this, I'm going to say this, and this is how I'm going to act, and this is how I'm going to respond. And you can see, right, like normal everyday people not that I like the word normal, but that's kind of what we say in this niche, right? Like even people who don't have OCD, they may engage in that type of behavior. But when we look at the process by which that person was engaging in that behavior of planning and preparing, it was very clearly tied to this fear. This fear that if he was not mentally prepared, then I might get him in a situation where he acts a little bit strange. And therefore I would think that he was quote unquote, you know, crazy. And, and he was actually, he actually had schizophrenia. And so just be aware again, I think that's a really great example of how we need to focus on the process and the function of these behaviors and not necessarily just the descriptors that we're used to seeing. Other things that can feel really sneaky that you may not even be aware of our rituals are counting, right? That can seem really automatic. I just had somebody the other day ask me, you know, how do I mess with counting? It feels like it's so automatic and it can definitely be tricky. Um, Self-assurance is another one. You may not be aware of the fact that this self-assurance, right, and that trying to logic your way out of things or calm yourself down, that that can definitely turn compulsive. It can turn desperate. It can turn repetitive. And those are things that we would want you to keep an eye out for. Avoidance is also a huge one. I worked with so many people who would tell me, oh, yeah, I can touch that as long as I can wash my hands after. Um, then you can't touch it, right? Like 
that's, you know, you have to keep in mind, right? Like just because you can ritualize after you do something doesn't mean that you can do it, right? Like the goal is to be able to do it and not ritualize. And along this lines, specifically with avoidance, I, especially at residential, worked with so many people. They were like completely housebound. They didn't have a job. They're being taken care of by their family. They weren't able to like leave their house or even leave their room in some situations. And sometimes they would come to residential with very, very little symptoms. Like, oh yeah, this doesn't bother me. Or, oh yeah, I don't spend a whole lot of time on rituals. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like you were literally spending your entire life for the past year in your room. Like I get that you aren't necessarily washing your hands. I get that you aren't necessarily showering or, um, you know, having to clean things just as an example, but you are just avoiding being in your room, right? Like that avoidance is one huge ritual. It's like if you weren't avoiding, right, and you did have to come outside of your room for whatever reason, heck yeah, you would probably have to do those rituals. So we cannot discount avoidance being a huge, huge ritual and a huge contributor to the OCD cycle. Also want to be careful that we are not resisting thoughts, trying to get rid of thoughts. Um, we know that stop, thought stopping is really you know, heavily indicated in the exacerbation and also the perpetuation of the OCD cycle. The more that you want to stop the thoughts, the more that you want to get them to go away, the more they're going to be there, the more troublesome they're going to be. We also generally would encourage you guys as much as it's hard not to, even things like hating the thoughts, right? Think about if OCD was a bully, which I know some of you probably feel like it definitely is sometimes. Imagine you were telling that bully, oh my gosh, I hate you. I just wish that you would leave me alone. What kind of attention and what kind of reaction do you get out of that bully when you say that, right? Like that that bully loves the fact that you're giving him attention, even if it's negative attention. So that's where even something like hating the thoughts can really still work against you and still keep you stuck in that cycle. I think a really subtle one too is just giving attention to the thoughts. There's a very, very fine line between awareness and attention. And this is something that I will definitely be highlighting more in the workshop because I think this is where so many people get stuck. It seems like so many people can resist all the physical rituals and even try to master all of the other mental rituals that we talked about or that they do, and they still are stuck here. They're still stuck in giving attention to the thoughts and instead of just practicing awareness. So if you want to learn more about that, definitely, definitely check out the workshop. We will be hitting that concept hard. And there are so many other ways. This is, again, not an exhaustive list. We will go more into detail in the workshop, but even then, right, like there are so many examples that we probably won't even get there. But I would love to know if you can think of any more. I would love to think, you know, if, if you can DM me, if you can reach out to me. I, again, I'm on Instagram at jenna.overball. Reach out to me. I would love to hear your feedback about this. Like, oh my gosh, if there was a ritual that you didn't realize that you were doing, but this made you think about things a little bit more, I would love, love, love to hear your feedback. And again, if there's anything else here that we haven't discussed, would love to know your feedback because it's always good for me too. It's always good for me too to be like, ah, I didn't think about that or I forgot about that. So tell me your thoughts. I would love for you to DM me and reach out. I will definitely do a later episode as well about what to do with these rituals and how to resist them and you know how to kind of take all this information and actually equip yourself to do something better for it in your recovery. Again, though, I am going to shout out the workshop with Christina Orlova. Uh, we are going to talk all about these sneaky rituals, what to do about it. My goal in that workshop is to help you guys feel a little bit more like you can be your own therapist. I know that that's never quite possible, 
But, you know, in my hopefulness that not everyone can have a therapist of their own and we kind of got to use what we can, I want you all to be thinking like a therapist. I, I want you all to be thinking like me. I want you all to be thinking, you know, more broad, broad, broadly about these concepts. I think OCD can sometimes get you so stuck in the uh, trees that you forget about the forest. I want all of you to be able to, to take in the forest a little bit more and think about things more critically. Um, so definitely, definitely check out that workshop. Again, I will link everything in the show notes. The live event is on April 28th, 2023. But if you're listening later, it'll be available for purchase on our websites. So check out the show notes. My website is www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com. I would love to hear from you guys on Instagram as well. DM me some other sneaky rituals. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And head to my website, you guys. If you are not on my free email newsletter, you're missing out. I cannot tell you how many times people have told me that it is the best OCD and anxiety newsletter that they're on, that they love it, and it's it's really great. You get a freebie. It'll, it, it's incredible. So get on my free email newsletter. You can do that again on my website at www.jennaoverbaughtlpc.com, and I just cannot wait to, to hear from you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. I will talk to you later, and in the meanwhile, keep doing all the hard things. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.